Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Good morning and welcome to the KLE podcast and the KLE podcast and the KLE uh, group, Facebook group. I was trying to find which where we are. And this is your host, Sean and Steve. We are right on time, but this is a recording, so you only see it afterwards. <laughs> but, <laughs> but great to be with you again. Good morning, Steve. Nice to have you with me. Yeah, good morning. After all of our technical challenges this morning. Yes, it's taken yes. us like... Off and out, <laughs> just to sort out our technicalities. But um, hey, you know, when you're over 60, you're allowed more patience and grace. <laughs> uh, good. So uh, talk about, you know, what I was thinking about this morning. I woke up, I've been sort of looking at, um, at the Kingdom Leadership Academy, what that's going to look like and, um, and what to talk about. So I've been throwing out some questions, some, some topics, et cetera, that I think would be good to cover over a period of time. And uh, because I, I really felt like we need to go to another level and you know, offer people something where they can get really equipped in. And I think yesterday's post you did, yesterday's post was really good on, I think it was yesterday um, on that, about getting equipped, about um, leaders equipping people. And, right. Um, and so I just felt like, you know, now maybe beginning the, in the next year to actually start that. So once or twice a week or whatever the story is, I, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to lay it out, but that we, we can't do a deep dive, but at least a dive into clearer topics. And one of those that I, I really think needs to be spoken about, which you'll probably handle, um, is eldership. And um, I thought today, just to give a little bit of a, a, not a different direction, but just an emphasis on something else where we've been talking a lot about sort of marketplace kind of ministry and stuff like that. Um, but just today to consider when you, when you are the pastor, <laughs> um, what does it look like? Because, okay, let, let's put it to you this way. I feel like um, when I... When I look at guys who are pastoring, they are really afraid of elders taking over. So the the um, the whole sort of view on on developing or no on having an eldership is they don't trust them. That's really what it is. So they don't trust to have a team because they feel like it they may take over the ministry and kick them out or something like that. So I think the question I want to ask you or that we can sort of look at is how do you develop a leadership that's going to have the same heart as you or or have a heart for the ministry without being competitive without being you know lording it over others so how do you develop people into that place where you you know now <laughs> part part of that is the is the dichotomy that i had spoken about in that little post is that uh, we still think of things of clergy and laity, mm. and uh, we still have that dichotomy of uh, I'm still the leader, I'm still the whatever, 
and you are just the lay people that I'm now training and equipping and whatever else. Right. Um, as As opposed to the way it talks about in Ephesians, where my whole purpose in life is to find out what you're called to do and help you equip you to do it. Right. And that's, uh, we still have that mentality, uh, even in the terms of, of trying to train and equip other elders or whatever else, um, all the way throughout the New Testament, whenever Paul was talking to Timothy or Titus uh, about what to do with elders, it was never in the light of uh, training or equipping elders, which is interesting. He said he basically was saying that he wanted you to find he wanted him to find either Timothy or Titus, those who were already that, those who are already doing the fathering, those who are already having that, uh, that people already look to, that they already had that type of, of, of um, maturity. They already had that type of whatever. And then uh, just ordaining those elders in every church in every city. And, um, if we're thinking about being a pastor or something like that and coming in and trying to develop elders, um, that's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, it's not the, it wasn't ever the way it was scripturally done. And, um, and I think that's what we're looking at right now, as far as how do we get to that place from where we're at now? You know, how do we get to an eldership from whatever it is that we've seen currently that we have you know how do we do this scripturally how do we how do we make that shift and um it's part of it is is, uh like we're doing right now just bringing it to light the fact that nowhere in scripture does it talk about a gift being in governments nowhere in scripture does it talk about the pastor being the head uh, or the apostle, or the prophet, or the teacher, or whatever. It talks about elders are the ones that rule well the flock of God. So um, if we look at that from that perspective, it's a matter of finding out who has already got that, and then ordaining that as opposed to as opposed to trying to necessarily bring somebody up or nurturing their gifts enough to where people start acknowledging their gift and then then um, it's almost like the difference between God give us a king like all other nations. You know, we're trying to find these guys who are already naturally <laughs> equipped or naturally gifted. Yeah. Um, and uh, we want them to be king. That isn't the scriptural way of doing it. And um, anyway, that, that's just that's just what I've seen uh, because of the frustration of a lot of guys that I that I've been working with uh, have, have been dealing with that very same thing. You know, how do I get to there from here? You know, how, how do we do this? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I mean, Paul tells Titus, I'm just trying to, um, he says, um, verse 5 of Titus 1, for this reason, I left you in Crete that you might set in order what remains and appoint, and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So it's obviously an apostolic work to right um, for for leader for because titus and timothy and these guys operated as part of of uh, paul's apostolic team um right Ephroditus and various other dudes that were involved in the whole and thing. part of that was setting in order those things which are wanting lacking and come behind because yes. uh, that's what an apostle does he's he's like a 
if you think of an apostle like a architect, yeah. uh, the guy who comes in and he sees he has the blueprint, he has the plan, and he begins to see what's out of order. He begins to see what needs to come next, uh, what builder needs to come next, what what supplies need to be there, what you know, and he begins to specify what's needed in each particular area. Uh-huh. And if so, if we see if we see him more as an architect rather than a position or a a title and we see him as a function or as a tool mm-hmm. um that's why it's set first apostles it's not it's not in order of hierarchy it's just that's what's going to come in first to set things. yeah it's going to set things in order right. so <clears throat> pardon me so we have a track to run on yeah. and um you know so he's sending in titus or timothy to just say hey set these things in order that we talked about and then ordain elders um a part of that is is it's got to be done in that sequence too. Well, we we need to set some things in order uh, mm-hmm. because right now they are out of order. <laughs> so, yeah. well, that that word there, as I understand it, I mean, uh, let me just have a look see. But as I understand it, um, is actually something like to do with resetting bones. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I just want to have a look quickly. Um, let me just see one nine three oh. So which which word are you talking about? Um, it's epidiotho. That's order. Oh, uh, the order. Okay, setting in order. To straighten further, arrange additionally, set in order. It means um, epi is a, besides above and diotho uh, to correct, meaning huh. to proceed in correcting or setting in order. So in other words, to re to adjust in another in other words is to set the things and direct it so that it all aligns properly hmm. so it's, we know it's, it's interesting that the, that that kind of correlates with submit to god resist the devil and he will flee the word submit is hupotasomai which is tasso is an orderly arrangement or fashion of right. Right. hupo means to come under so the whole thing is you find the orderly arrangement and fashion that God has already set in motion or already purposes, and then you come under that or submit to that, right. and then you can resist the devil and he will flee. But that's part of the reason why it says the gates of hell, you know, I'm going to build my church, the gates of hell won't prevail again. That's why the gates of hell prevail against what we've got right now, because really it's not his. It's not, it's not built in the orderly arrangement and fashion in which he built it. Yeah, we haven't got the priorities, right? So right, um, right. And and yeah, and you know the, exactly what you were saying is like the the apostolic work. Let's rather use that as a ministry right. kind of thing. But the apostolic work is foundational. It's right. It's foundational, not just institutional and organizational, but also foundational within within the church, which is of course the people. So right. he does a foundational work. He he lays out the blueprint. Paul said, I lay one foundation on which to build. And Another man, no man built it thereupon. Yeah, and, and, and it's Jesus Christ is the foundation, which means his life um, as a son. And then that's what, where I began to see the priority of sonship, developing sonship, not my sons, obviously, but developing... Right sons of god so investing foundational work into the sons of god so that we grow grow them 
into that place and we can't grow them but you know what i mean is father gives growth yeah. god gives the growth there's one one corinthians uh, chapter three talks about that very clearly um says you know one sows one waters but god gives the increase he brings the growth you know right so so we we in fact do the bull do the the, the foundational work, others come, like you say, the, the apostolic work is then to see what else is needed to right. build that arm to the place and then to see that governmental um, mandate on, on those couples, if you may, that stand out to say, all right, um, they can, they are nurturing moms and dads, they mature enough, um, they're walking in the word, they can teach the word. Um, and therefore they have the right perspective, etc., and we can set them in place. Because I heard this one guy talking about, he said he went to this little town and um, he, he was invited in there as a pastor, and, uh, and he said all the guys are wonderful, and, and they needed one because for some or other reason they needed another elder to come on board, and everybody said this guy, and this guy was just the sweetest guy out, and, and then <laughs> And uh, until they got him, when he when he came on as elder, he began to be the biggest demon in the place, you know, and accused the pastor and and uh, criticized and spoke behind his back and tried to get him impeached and all the rest of it, and um, uh, and it just made his life misery from that point onwards. And I thought, you know, so how? And that's of course the greatest fear. And but. You know, we know now, of course, that the order is is not to be part. You know, chairman and have your board. Uh, right, right. You know, that's what we however, usually see. Uh, that's what we usually see elders as being is yeah. like a board. Yeah. And I've got still the king, or the pastor, or the whatever, whatever yeah. he is, and then he has his elders, and that's yeah. that's not even that's not even close to the scriptural pattern. Yeah. Yeah, because because Paul goes to Paul goes to Ephesus in in Acts chapter twenty, and he he calls for the elders of the church, right, right. and and reveals to them, um, gives them mandate, gives them responsibility, you know, their their mission, what what they're about, their characteristic, etc. And then he goes, "This is what's going to be happening to me, so I won't be seeing you again." And, uh, and I thought that was interesting because he didn't call any one specific person. He called for the elders of that Pearl. city. And uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, how that model works, I, I think is, but my, my big question is, is how do we get people, because we've got Diotrephus, of course, in, in 3 John, who's, um, you know, a devil incarnate. He's like refusing people to come in and uh, kicking people out and letting others in. I mean, he's a politician, you know, he's right, just like right. running his little show there. And uh, so that's the last kind of guy you need running a church, a, you know, another dictator, a another, um, you know, tyrant, a self-serving kind of uh, leader. Um, so, you know, the, the question is, is how, how do we develop those people to see, to see that they have the right the thing we talk about all the time is the right mindset, the right paradigm to lead effectively, to govern effectively, to govern as representing the kingdom of God, not to govern 
as representing their own agendas, which which often happens, you know? Yeah, well, part of that is, as you know, is to be known and read of all men. We're living epistles. As yeah. Paul said, that, that I'm an apostle to you. Right. He's talking, he wasn't talking to a collective church at that point. He was, <laughs> he was saying, you, you personally, you are my seal of apostleship in the Lord. And I was doubtless sent to you, and I was sent to others too, but I have a different measure toward others than I have toward you personally. And so there's a, um, you know, like he said, even to Timothy, I've, I've given my own heart to you also, my own soul I've imparted. So part of that is, is knowing those who labor among you, knowing those people, knowing their character, knowing their, and that's what he's pointing out to Timothy. He's saying, this is, these are the qualifications of an elder. And he, he's talking to somebody that's basically going into a territory he's never been before. Well, he'd been there before, but I mean, as far as, as far as knowing those guys, he's just saying, okay, these are the list of qualifications. This is what you're looking for. And he begins to lay it out there. These guys already rule well their own home. Uh, And it doesn't mean as a Lord, it means, you know, bringing out of them, whoever they are naturally. Uh, so you, you watch a man long enough with his wife and children, you're going to see how he's going to treat the household. You're going to, you're going to see how he treats somebody else's bride. (laughs) Cause basically if you are not treating your bride, right. Or your family, right. How are you going to treat the bride of Christ or the family of God? How are you going to do that? Right. So to be able to watch that and to see that, like he was training Timothy to, to open your eyes a little bit here, Timothy, this is what you're looking for. Uh, these are the signs of somebody who is going to be an elder and uh, just watch for these things, because this will, this will be a telltale sign of whether or not these guys are going to do this anyway, because it's in them already to do it. It's not, it's not like they're having to be trained and now all of a sudden they're going to go back on their training. It's, yeah. it's innately a part of who they are. And so just these are the signs, watch for these. And uh, these are the guys that you're going to ordain or set, tithemy, yeah. set down like concrete, set down permanently. Yeah. Uh, an elder is not somebody who's going to be there for one minute and then jerked out of the thing the next minute. He's, yeah. he's already, tithemy means to be set down permanently. Right. So, and there's nothing else pastors are not ordained teachers are not ordained apostles are not ordained there's nothing else that's ordained in the scripture besides elders so you know (laughs) what do we what do we do with that i mean how do we deal with something do we just tear out that page if we don't agree with it you know what do we do well, that, that's my, my question, you know, and of course, going back a few years, that's what I was hoping the apostolic work would be doing. <laughs> right, right. Which was to build and rebuild and re- help me reset foundation. And of course, um, well, calling myself apostle and being an apostle is two different things. So, um, you know, many times people call themselves apostles just so they can lord it over others and right. get others to serve their, their interests. Um, and so it, it, you know, it didn't transpire. In fact, it went the other way, um, destroyed everything because we didn't want to align with their agenda. Right. So this becomes the, the big problem. And I think, you know, if, if you are, 
if I look at those qualifications, I mean, if we go to, well, he gives it in Titus as well, isn't he? Right. And, and he gives some in Titus and he gives some in, um, and in Timothy. But if we look at those, uh, strategically, uh, you know, wouldn't it be like a good idea, instead of trying to build a ministry? Right. I, you know, I, we have ministry. I mean, understand ministry being we attend or serve people our gift. But, you know, I don't like to use the word simply because of the connotations that go with the word ministry nowadays. It's just like some kind of career. Right. You know, anyway. That's well, just, you already have a people already have a picture in their mind what that is. So yeah. as soon as you say doghouse, immediately something comes to your mind. Right, right. As soon as I say vehicle or car, if I say pickup truck, immediately something comes into your mind. Right. If I say ministry, immediately something comes into your mind. So it's something that's been trained in there. And that's probably why he says renew our minds, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and be renewed in the spirit of our mind, because it's the spirit of the mind uh, that tends us to lean more toward the worldly aspects or definitions of these things, as opposed exactly. to the kingdom of God. Exactly, and that's what we we're doing. Like every week, we're trying to undo some of this thinking, uh, right. and that's why typically we do not refer use the words typically not because they're wrong, but you know, like calling. <laughs> I'm yeah. called. I, I try to avoid that word simply because of the connotation, the kind of thinking, like you say, is like the image straight away is like, he's called, I'm not kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> so he's called to be a man, even like, uh, you know, um, so-and-so is a man of God, you know, it's just like, okay, so nobody else is, you, you know. Right, just, right. That, I, I, I just, um, and, and, you know, I mean, people use it in different contexts, but right here, I'm trying to avoid those cliched, ideas is like um uh, anyway so the the thing about it is is that if i look at, at these things in timothy i was going to say like a strategic approach then would be is to actually begin to develop these things in people's lives i mean you don't know who it's going to be you don't know is sitting let's say we're sitting in a in a lounge a sitting room and there are 20 people as part of a a because that was Ephesus. Ephesus didn't have mega churches. <laughs> they had right. uh, they had little you know people meeting in homes, and so um, you don't know in that home group or whatever who's actually going to be eldership material. And so, wouldn't it be strategic to actually begin to see those things develop? work on developing those things in these people so that um so that they begin to that's equipping as far as i'm concerned you know it's just right is repairing people from past whatever their past and then preparing them for works of service so right. you know katakistismos so is just to take them from from one state and begin to disciple them, mentor them, if mom and dad them, parent them, spiritually I'm talking about, and not lord it over them, but to build them, everybody into the place of where they actually now can begin to function in these right. areas. The diatrophies, or uh, however you say his name, 
uh, you think about people like that that are already lording it over people that are already destroying people. They're they're taking from them anything that they happen to have, making a making a living off of them. I mean, trying to make a living off of them. Uh, you think about people like that, and you go, okay, there there's a there's already a character flaw there. There was already something there. It just wasn't as they arose to their power, so yeah. to speak. Yes. Um, it, it began to come out more and more. Yeah. And uh, but that's where you know even there in First Timothy three it says uh, if you desire the office of a bishop, you know the first thing you must be is blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given. I mean, it gives a whole list of them there. Ruleth his own house, having his uh, children in subjection with all gravity. Uh, for a, if a man know not or know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So yeah. not a novice, you know, lest he be puffed up with pride. Um, so just to watch for those things and to begin to develop once again through relationship, because it's not equipping them for it's not equipping them for leadership. It's equipping them as a temple of the living God to inhabit his, his ways, to, to show forth his glory, to show, because that's why it says in Ephesians, that's what our purpose is, till we all come to the fullness and stature of Christ. It's not, it's not to equip them just to do the work of the ministry. Uh, like it says there too, it says, you know, so they can do the work, equip them for the work of the ministry, but it's, it's, um, it's a matter of helping. It's a matter of seeing them not coming into a position, but seeing them begin to function as a temple of the living right. God. Exactly. And maybe if we get that mentality ourselves, as opposed to keep going back to equipping them for a position or a ministry or whatever well that's uh, it. you're not grooming them that, right that's right it. right what we what we see as equipping oftentimes in the church is grooming people so correct I'm, you know it's like um i remember raymond Cawley was telling was i had lunch with him one day him and a bunch of other guys and he said this one young guy came to him just before a big meeting that he was going to be preaching at and the guy said to him um yes he said um this guy, my pastor said, if I stick with him, he's going to groom me to be a great man of God. And, he's, and so Ray said to him, I've got two problems with that. He said, first of all, is um, nobody can be great. <laughs> and secondly, is that nobody can groom you. <laughs> so right. uh, not, not, for, not, to, not for your gifting to, to be a vessel for the Lord. You know, you, right. like, and that's unfortunately, we, we, we tend to think in in terms, worldly terms, as far as preparing people for positions within the church. Right. Uh, you know, the greatest ambition is to be a pastor or a right. co-pastor or assistant pastor. And, and, but nobody deals with these foundational character elements within their lives. Right. Yeah. That, Cause that's what they were doing was ordaining character. Yeah. Ordaining somebody that was all they 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 already had the character and the nature of the kingdom of god right. and they were going to be able to bring it out in somebody else they already right. saw that in function and so to be able to nurture other people along in that till we all come to the fullness and stature of that 
uh, gives us a little bit better insight as far as what our function is to do too. Because otherwise, otherwise, like you said, you know, all we're trying to do is groom somebody just so they have a position or a place. Oh, we got, you know, we got to fill slots for three elders all of a sudden. Or, Or I can say, you know, I have... 300 prophets around me. right 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 you know, it's just like uh and that and that comes back down to equipping for me is like the if if i if if you and i or anybody else has the gifting to and let me say this it's not just about apostles it's about any mature believers because one john chapter two i'll go back to that again and say fathers or moms and dads who You've known him who is from the beginning. They know they're intimate with the father. They reflect the father in what they do. And then, uh, and I speak to young men and I speak to children. So we've got that generational flow. Moms and dads are all, they should be nurturing moms and dads, should be equipping those around them, not for their ministry, (laughs) but as ministry to develop others. And I think what we've had is, is that, Specific people are so busy developing their ministries, they right. haven't got time to equip people. They're right. so busy trying to become the best kind of speaker, the most anointed, and have the greatest signs and wonders. They're never developing the next generation around them to actually be in that place. And I, hey, I was guilty of that. So I know because that's what I learned. That's what I saw. Ministry was that picture that I had that you're talking about. You know, it's like, I've got to develop me because I'm too insecure to actually develop anybody else. But right. if I'm if if I truly am have been raised up into maturity, then you know my focus is developing others, not developing me. I'm developed right. me for developing others. I mean that's really what it is. So I'm accountable before so that there, so that others can be accountable, kind of thing. So that whole process keeps working. You know so. Um, yeah, because I, I, I really believe there is a, you know, I think maybe in process forms, I'm not quite too spontaneous about it, but because I'm thinking, or an elder, an elder, first of has to know sonship. You know, every father, because elders are reflecting the Heavenly Father. So to reflect the Heavenly Father, they've got to know their sonship. They've got to be settled. They've got to be... Um, secure in their own sonship before anything else well primarily and this is where we get hung up too and you know this because you and i've talked about this probably a hundred times if we talked (laughs) about it once yeah but as far as my identity uh, a lot of times comes through what i do Uh, i'm a carpenter i'm a plumber i'm a whatever i'm an apostle i'm a prophet i'm a you know it comes through what we do as opposed to who we are and christ never really said that he was a prophet he never said he was an apostle he always identified as a son right that's what he was he says if you've seen me you've seen the father i'm going to show you who he is because i'm going to bring him i'm going to bring him the very essence of him because if you've seen me you've seen him because i'm a son i'm i'm somebody who represents my father and so to come to somebody and to say, well, this is my gifting, this is my anointing, this is my whatever, shows the immaturity of that particular believer, right. because it doesn't, it doesn't matter to them who you are. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't. Yeah. But yet, for some reason or other, if I come to you and I say, well, I'm an apostle, I'm a bishop, I'm a, 
I'm an author, I'm a whatever, you tend to, I'm a pastor. I remember several times, yeah, 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 that that pay homage to this. Uh, I remember several times um, here even recently, um, there's a certain propensity in the certain circles that if if they want to have you come and speak, they'll say, what what church are you pastoring? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they do that all the time, yeah. Yeah, and so it's determined by now, you know, you're, you, you've already got a title somewhere. You've already got, you've already got this position uh, because now you're going to minister, you're going to minister out of a position rather than bringing the father and the kingdom of God as a son of God. Yeah. So they're looking as a representation of the mother, the church. They're looking as a representation of a gift. They're looking at the representation of an anointing. They're looking at a representation of a personality as opposed to a representation of Christ. And that's where we've gotten in trouble as a body of Christ, because now we're looking, we're still saying, God, give us a king like all other men, like all other nations. We want the same thing. And so, uh, well, what church are you pastoring? Well, I'm not right now. Oh, oh, really? I'm sorry. Are you uh, in the ministry? Right. Um, what What does that mean? <laughs> I get asked right. that. You know, are you are you still in the ministry? You go, um, yeah. I said, what church are you pastoring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, well, what does that mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. You know, that one guy sent me a message. You know, it's like, are you in the ministry? I said, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, am I or am I not? I, of course, I am. I'm always in the ministry. Whether I'm in business or whether I'm in uh, um, in the military or in nursing, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm always in ministry. That's the problem. We've got this two dichotomy of mentality. Right. You know, what's the word? We've got a churchianity. We've got a church way of thinking or thinking from um, the... If I come to you representing the church, I'm coming to you representing the mother. Basically, yeah. she's the mother of all. Yeah. Basically, church. Oh boy, I'm gonna get in. I'm slapping a hornet's nest here. But church has become the Babylon. She's become the the whore, the whatever. And now, unless you represent the whore, unless you represent that, you have no ability or no privilege to be able to speak into something. Yeah. Whereas a son of God comes representing his father he does not come representing the church he does not come representing the people he comes representing the father and that's the biggest difference if i come to you as a minister i'm not coming to you representing the father i'm usually coming to represent my gift my anointing a church has sent me uh, i'm representing a certain denomination i'm uh, representing a certain way of thought or way of thinking um, but as, as a son of God, I'm going to come to you representing my father. Exactly right. And that's what we're looking for as elders is somebody who's already, who, who understand, not just understands, but is a son of God. Yeah. And it's going to bring that out in other people. Yeah. And so you can recognize that almost right away as far as a son a son of God. And uh, I heard it said one time that now is the time that we're seeing sons of God 
and ministers on the same platform. And the problem is, is people can't see the distinction between the two. And usually they will take the minister or the gift or the whatever, as opposed to the son, because they don't understand the distinction. They don't understand the difference and they don't really want the father at this point. They want what they believe, what they've held fast to, uh, their traditions, their whatever, and they don't want you messing with that stuff. Oh, that's it. I mean, change, change is very hard. Because leading that is the shepherds and the priests, and that's what Jeremiah said, you know. It's like they, they lead the pack in, in, in the right. So, um, And this is not against, you know, I, I think it's just like a real general statement. And the thing You're not going to call it the whore? <laughs> is that people guys uh, you know leaders in that in that sense church leaders are sincere but oftentimes sincerity and honesty is is of great qualities but if you're doing it the wrong way it's, right it doesn't get the results that we need the transformational results what jesus accomplished in three years with 12 guys or 11 guys and and influence on a, a few others around them, what he accomplished was because he did it the way it was supposed to be done, and therefore he could have effect. Right. And, you know, it says of Jesus that he said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. Right. And, you know, now I know the connotations. Again, we, we hate that kind of word because it immediately talks about it, we, we view it in functionality and it's not about functionality it's about attitude it's about heart set it's about mindset and jesus came taking on the nature of a servant he didn't just you know function as a servant serving everybody's needs and cooking their food and sweeping their floors and right washing their feet washing their feet yeah it, it was it was a, a whole it was a whole nature a dna of who he was a whole right paradigm of how he approached things and 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 that was in fact to impact and bring transformation to 11 guys that nobody else would have considered not in the not in the sanhedrin clan definitely not no. i mean they didn't qualify for anything and yet whether it was scam artists you know um, doctors fiddling on the side and you know um, bunch of instigators and political activists he got this crowd together and and worked with them it wasn't about his ministry it was about developing them and empowering right. them right. so that he could and not that he could that he could he'd already set the the plan was set by the father for him to have exit <laughs> he was going to leave he told them he says i'm going to be leaving but it's okay <laughs> because you're yeah. going to be doing it, you know? Let me ask you this. Uh, well, not ask. ask. <laughs> Do you suppose, since his whole thing was, uh, the whole thing in the Old Testament was building the temple. Do you suppose that now, when he says, you are the temple, do you suppose the shift, I mean, it's the same purpose, it's the same thing, except now it's not this, outward physical structure it's you or the temple and his whole purpose is to build you yes. so that you become a habitation of god through the spirit you right. personally and yeah. then collectively but it's exactly. that 
it's that personal thing that comes first. It's not a, it's not collective first. Oh, lovely. I got a phone call from uh, prospective breakfast meat. <laughs> There's potential spam. Hey, well, breakfast, is it for free? <laughs> I guess the call was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, that's ex exactly right. I mean, yeah, we, we, we tend to, we tend to get those priorities and coming back to where we started, you know, is that first off pastors cannot, well, it doesn't matter what your position is really. No. I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't matter first off. And that's what I've been talking about all week on the podcast is that you, your heart should be fathering. I don't care what position you are. You should right. have the, ref, the, the representing your father by doing what's necessary to father people around you. It's fathers right. that develop people. And so right. that doesn't take away from your own sanction, but you need to mentor, disciple those around you and into, into where they need to be. So whether you call yourself a bishop, pastor, forget your ministry. Just forget, forget your title. Forget your time, forget your ministry, building your ministry, how many appointments you can get, how, how much money you can get because how wonderful you are. Forget trying to be the, the celebrity guy. I mean, just this week I heard about another celebrity guy uh, and the church calls it moral failure. You know, it's just, he had an affair. <laughs> That's it. He was running around with another woman, you know, other than his wife. And, and so, um, and I, I mean, you know, I'm not judging the guy because it's happened to plenty and it could happen to any of us. And, and this, the simple fact of the matter is what we, but it just again unveiled to me is that this concept of reaching for celebrity status and it just, it doesn't work. It just doesn't yeah. work. The problem, and Connie told me this, uh, my wife, when I was pastoring, quote unquote, she said that she felt like the other woman. Yeah. Because that somebody else's bride was taking priority over her. The bride of Christ was taking priority over her. Yeah. So already I'm, I'm in an adulterous situation. I'm taking somebody else's bride and I'm usurping his place as husband to his bride. Yeah. So now I'm wanting her to look to me. I'm wanting her to accept me. I'm wanting her to approve of me. I want it. Anytime you put your, yeah. Anytime you put yourself in that position, it's an adulterous. It is an affair. It's already an affair. Yeah. You know, whether or not you're having affairs with other uh, physical people, it doesn't, you've already, you're already having an affair at that point. Because your wife is not your, that's probably why it says there in, in uh, Timothy, you know, that, uh, you know, look at, look at the guy's wife, yes. look at the guy's children, look at how his household is done. S see how this thing works with him. Because right. if he doesn't have that priority, how's he going to do it in the household of God? How is he going to do this yeah. with God's wife? How's he going to deal with this? So, yeah, I don't exactly. know. There's, 
there's a lot of stuff in here that we've just brushed under the rug for too long because we've had this certain sense of this is how it's done. It's always been done this way. This is how it's going to continue. And uh, I was told by a guy, uh, we were talking to him about just eldership, about this very same thing. Finally, he got very frustrated and he says, I know that is scriptural, but we've tried it several times and it hasn't worked. So we're going to continue to do it the way we know. Yeah. Wow. There you go. What do you do with that? Well, you know, then you just go find, find those that are prepared to change, you know, it's just right. like, uh, and that, and that's, that has been sort of my, my whole attitude in it is because, I'm tired of trying to convince people. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a couple sit with me and, and, uh, you know, they were inviting me in and I was going to be part of, you know, speaking at their men's group and whatever else. And, and I'm happy to do that. I, you know, I'm not looking for anything. And so I was quite happy to work with them. And my main thing was as a couple, I just wanted to support them. I wanted to work with them. But we sat at lunch one day, and the first question his wife asks is um, about eldership. You know, are elders women or men? And I said, well, it's not really, it, you know, right? It's not an issue. You know, let's not make it an issue. Is I have a view based upon my studies of the word, but that's, that's just another view. Right now, it's not important. No, it is. I want to know now. I want to know right now. And it's just like, oh, okay, so here we go. You know, so I said, well, yeah. this is my view. And that was it. Cancel, 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 cancel everything. Kick out, no talk, no no relationship, nothing. Is you do not align with what I, the way I see it. And therefore, um, you, you're gone. You know, it's just like. But you know who was the head of that ministry at that point now? Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, the husband just sat there and she said, I told you, I told in front of me. She goes, I told you about this, man. I told you, I told you. And I go, what? I, I mean, I'm not, you know, anyway, it just, it's beyond me um, that people don't want to change. I was like, That's fine. Hey, I, I walk away. I'm happy. You know, I'm not right. going to find, uh, you know, I, that's the last thing I do, Steve, is try and impose um, a perspective on people. Right. Well, Paul was Paul was arguing daily in the temple. He yes. argued, trying to convince everybody. Finally, he went on that journey in the backside of the wilderness for some say seven, some say 14, some say, you know, however many years it was. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Fact is, he came back and he says, I don't come to you anymore with enticing words of men's wisdom. And of course, we talked about before the word to entice means to try to convince. Yeah. So I'm not coming back to you trying to convince you Right. of anything with man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith not may or may not work or may not be in what man says or does but it may be in the power of god right. so my whole purpose now is to get you to see christ to get you to see the power of the kingdom of god to get you to see the difference or the distinction what i'm talking about not just be convinced in your mind because if you can be convinced you can be unconvinced at some other point in time. Yeah. And that's the thing is, if I've got to convince you, then I've always got to convince you. Right. That's, I, I've always lived on that premise. Is like, if I've got to try and convince you that this is right, then, then I'm always going to, then I walk away very quickly. But the fact of the matter is, if we do not get this right, I mean, we're talking globally right now. We, 
we're in a situation, the church is in a situation where um, the gates of hell are breathing down the neck of the church. They, they hate, I mean, obviously the, the Luciferic strategies behind the whole thing and hates church, hates the, 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 anything to do with church, all the values, they're trying to destroy the values and the norms, the, the culture of what we built on, which is the kingdom of God, obviously, they're trying to destroy it. It's not about you. You know, we, no. the devil is trying to get me. You know, he, he's actually too busy to care about you. You know, it's just like he's got other things on bigger fish to fry than you. You know, but what you're dealing with is atmospheric influence. That's, you know, we're right. dealing with those things. And so we've got to know it. But right now, if ever, I, you know, I just have such an urgency. And that's why I brought up the topic today, because I have such an urgency in my in my spirit that true eldership needs to arise because if they are the governmental, you know, the, the the elders it says in the old test in the old testament they they would sit at the gates and they would um, see what comes in and out of the city, right? And they would be the porters of what comes in and out of the city, um, not physically, but they would pour to that thing, and then they would and they would. Um, People would like like Boaz. Boaz went to the elders to submit to them that the 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 um, that Ruth was um, somebody that he needed to take care of, you know, right. that he wanted to marry. So he submitted to the elders. I think rather than having a pastor counseling everybody, I think when we have a a a a governing eldership who who can be approached and things can be discussed and spoken about and, and in conversational style, rather than I've got the, the solution to all your problems. And that's where the whole spirit of the thing gets wrong, but we need it right now. If, if ever right. we need that, it's now. Well, that's, that's part of the thing too, as far as porters, uh, that that's one of the main things as an elder is to, is to be a watchman or a porter. Uh, he who desires the offices of, of a bishop, it says, in uh, which is used interchangeably with elder at that point in, in Timothy. Uh, bishop episcopae, meaning oversight or watching over. They watch over the things. It's a watchman. Uh, at first, or in John chapter 10, it talks about that as far as Christ says, I'm, I'm not only the gate or the door to the sheepfold, I'm also the chief shepherd. And he says to him, the porter openeth. So there's somebody that's standing there at the gate. There's somebody that stands at the gate of his house. There's somebody that stands at the gate of this house right here. There's somebody that stands at the gate of the collective house. And those guys allow or disallow the chief shepherd and the way they do it is by opening or shutting the door, which is Christ anyway. Right. So to be able to instruct these guys, uh, to be able to instruct, to bring up another generation that understands what it means just to porter your own life, just to porter your own household, to stand there as a watchman and be able to watch and see the enemy coming afar off and to begin to take a stance at that point, to sound the alarm, to begin to speak to that thing, to begin to take take it to the battle, take the battle to the gates, as it says, to begin to stand there and say, no, you cannot enter into this place. And that's one of the biggest, one of the big things 
uh, that you see happening right now in this nation, that which is first is natural, after that, that which is spiritual, you see we're having the border, just people coming across the border any way they want or any way they can, just whoop, 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 back and forth. We, we capture them, we send them back, and they come back the next day. I mean, the same people, you know, hundreds of them, thousands of them. And uh, so our borders are something we, we don't have that thing secure. We don't have somebody standing there. Uh, but that's what's being that's what's being established right now is the border is being re not reset, but it's being affirmed. It's being uh, a fence being put up and whether or not people care about the political stance of the fence uh, or that wall doesn't matter at this point. The fact is, is spiritually, it represents something totally in what christ is doing right now in us let's rebuild the wall let's say to the illegal populace no you cannot come here anymore no you cannot infiltrate this land unless you come up legally it says anybody climbing up by some other way other than going through the door is a thief and a robber yeah anybody so if that's the case all these guys are thieves and robbers that are coming up by some other way other than coming through the door. Yeah. So now we have this whole thing nationally that we're seeing on a, on a grander scope, people just coming in and out. You see things happening. Uh, a certain party wants to open it back up to China and everybody else, you know, all this stuff, just call everybody, you know, let's bring all your stuff with you. Hmm. And, and we have another faction going, no, let's stop these things where they, you know where we can actually say no this far and no more you're not going to bring all your stuff with you we're just saying no you cannot come in unless you come in a certain way and that's really we should be able to do that on a on a household per household level to where sons of god being brought up to realize this is my stance this is who i am as a porter of the living god representing christ right here right now and i allow or disallow and whatever i allow on earth should be allow in heaven whatever i loose on earth should be loosed in heaven this is who i am and we just we don't have that understanding likewise then we don't have the potential of eldership anywhere else yeah. if you don't understand it for your own life how can you understand it for the household exactly. of god and again it's because it's not about position it's about no. it's about yeah. right and, and, and your your compliance to to reflecting the heart of the Father in what you're doing. So it's not about the position of being called elder, right? Or elder you could you could elder. see you wound me up on that one. You, <laughs> you you got you got my one string on my one string banjo tightened up quick on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I, if if if. The elders, and I'm I'm taking now that the guys actually running churches, uh, right? However you, whatever your perspective you want to put on it, or how you want to describe it, but let's say the pastors running, if they recognize their elders, not elders of their thing, their ministry, and didn't focus on their thing and their ministry, but actually focused on the on what is going on within their community as a as a group of elders, is that you've been appointed by the Holy Spirit. To oversee and because wolves want to come in but you and he was speaking to them collectively um acts chapter 20 um and just get there quickly and he goes um 
And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day, etc., etc. Um, be on your guard, verse 28, for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. If, if there was less time spent on building their own ministries and more time spent on uh, being on God for yourself and for the flock. Right. And beginning to, to not build ministry, but to build the church, build the, 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 the building of God, you know, and, and begin to sit at the gates of a community, of a city, of a town, you know, and of a nation. And, and forget ministries, forget your ministry and your great calling, but to get together and not who's superior and who's lesser and compete, and, but be on one assignment, which is we are going to shut down the portals of into this nation or into your nation, wherever you are, or into your community or into your town. And, you know, we used to get together as a fraternal meeting. And all it was was everybody was handing out jolly pamphlets, inviting you to their meetings. And they, they one day they all handled And I said to them, I said, you know, the fact of the matter is before you invite me to the meeting, get to know me. You know, we've got no relationship. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. I said, light means transparency. It means authenticity. It's like you're so interested in building your ministry. And I must now come to all your things things and help you with your whatever you got going i said i'm not interested and boy they got upset he kicked me out as chairman you know because i just i'm not interested in your thing uh it just i'm interested in the relationship because the closer we walk together before our father the closer we reflect each other in, in the father's heart to each other the more we begin to he who binds what's bound in heaven is loosed on earth and what's you know, bound on earth is loosed in heaven. Um, the more we do that, the more we can see the influence and taking charge of what goes on in you. But now, you know, we've got three people that believe that they're called to be the, you know, the they've got an intercessory principality, intercessory ministry, and they hire a plane and fly up in the sky, you know, and, <laughs> and everybody looks at them and they're the three wackies, you know, it's just like. Yeah. Nobody that anybody wants to spend any time with because they're the three wackies with these super duper. Instead of where are the elders? And that, you know, that is to me is like where are the governing authorities? Not to govern people. That's the thing. Right, it's right, like, right. It's not, it's government mean, doesn't mean I govern lord it over people. Is that I, I care for the flock, but I begin to govern the heavenlies. I begin to govern the atmosphere. I begin to govern spiritual, the spiritual atmosphere. But I can't do it alone. I got to do it. We've got to do it as the eldership at the portals right. of the gate. Does that make sense? Yeah. What What does it say there when it says "rule well the flock of God, over which the Lord has given you oversight"? Uh, I'm just wondering what that word "rule" is. Where's that? Uh, where's that word? Huh? Where's Where's that? Um, 
I think it's in one Peter. I think it's in the Bible. <laughs> yes. Isn't that one Peter chapter three? Far. I think so. Yeah. Rule um, well, rule well the flock of God over which. Yeah. You see, these are terms now that have been like really, really misconstrued over the years. Um, right. Um, actually, we can't get into it right now, but it says shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. I mean, that was Peter's approach to it. Yeah. Uh... 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Um, 1 Timothy what? Uh, 1 Timothy 5.17. Um, 1 Timothy 3.4, one who rules his own house well. Uh, 1 Timothy 3.12, um deacons be ruling their own children and their own houses well uh first timothy 5 17 let the elders who rule oh, well i already said that um i thought it was in peter but it it talks about ruling the house of god or ruling the um i'm gonna have to look that up because uh the word rule sometimes is translated poimeno which is to shepherd which is to feed yeah. So sometimes it's interchangeable there. That's probably what it was in Peter that I was thinking about. Um, Cause it says, make sure that you take heed how you feed them. Well, and, again, you know, we, we go to, um, what did you say? Five, 17 and 18, eight. Um, always who perform the leadership duties well or to be considered worthy of double honors, especially those who are part of preaching. Was it 17 you said, hey? Yeah, 517, uh, rule, and, and talks about rule well. So, so you see, um, Amplified Version says the elders who perform their leadership duties well oh. sort of worthy of double honor and and um, um, who lead the church well, another translation said, um, who direct the affairs of the church um, well. Are to be so the church is having affairs, huh? Yes, having affairs, but and, and give a bonus. <laughs> the message Bible says, give a bonus to leaders who do a good job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, you see, rulership is, we've got to be careful of, of the word rulership. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying it's not, it's not a valid word, but what happens is, again, within the context of what we think, um, we, we bring this Gentile mentality into our into the church world and right, so right. I, what i've got to have is dominion over everybody you know it's like and god never gave dominion never gave um them dominion over people adam and eve um, right they never had dominion over people i'm just going to look up the greek word for it with me and then we've got to close this thing for uh, 4291 sorry what 4291 is the number uh let me just see 17 prohistomy uh, it's prohistomy it means to stand before that is in rank um, to preside or by implication to practice maintain be over and to to rule um from 
Estimate means the same meaning used for to stand. And, right. You know, that to me is rather the example. It's, right. It's being an example, and again, it's about reflection. You know, it's like, I don't know, even to preside. It just. No. But to stand we, before, it means to stand before. Yeah. Uh, pro, pro is to me, pro, the, the standing before somebody. Uh, basically, my I, uh, what I've seen of that is if I'm going to stand before my wife and children, I'm standing between them and the enemy. I'm standing in the gate. I'm standing in that place where if you're going to get to them, you have to come through me. Well, so it. it's a whole different mindset than to stand above. <laughs> yeah. you know. Tell people what to do. Right. Yeah. And and exert your little moods and your whims on people's lives. Just it's just not acceptable. And I think we have to go back to to what Peter what Peter was talking about in one Peter chapter five and look at the heartbeat behind right ownership because I think that explains you know being overseer shepherd the flock but not for sordid gain, not for lording it over them, not for selfish um, right. uh, gain, but, but actually to, to protect and, and bring up and, you know, whatever, shepherd and oversee. And overseeing, again, is not telling them what to do, but to guard them from, from what can come in. Yeah, because yeah, a watchman doesn't, isn't in that position. A watchman watches to see what's coming yeah. and then either gives warning or prepares them unto battle or prepares them for whatever's coming. So, and that's what basically the porter does is he allows or disallows Christ into that situation. Is it Christ coming? Yes. I'll allow him in. I want to open the door of Christ. If it's not, then I have the word of God. I have Christ right here with me to be able to stop and say, no, you cannot come any farther. That's right. And it's all, it's all about the influence that we allow or don't allow. It's right. all spiritual right. things. And, and that's the thing is, you know, rulers in this sense understand or leaders. And that's where I've got the word leaders from. Is like the whole leadership concept is I understand influence. I understand right. the influence I can bring and the influence that's coming in. So we allow what we allow here is allowed what we don't allow is not allowed so we've got to begin to set the influence atmospherically and i'm talking spiritual atmosphere you know we've got to set that um but you can't do it alone (laughs) that's no that's the thing is you know there's no one man that's been set over a city you know one church no No. yes it's the the one church but not your church not your ministry you know, it's like we're gonna win the we're gonna win this whole city to the Lord. And so it's like, well, who said they want to be one to the Lord? You know, it's just like who said they want to come to your church anyway? So right. it's like um, we've got to begin to set the thing. But going back to developing to end this off is that you know those that are right now in leadership need to prepare people for leadership. In that sense, if I can, right. you know, really boil it down to you know, sort of. Uh, Grits. <laughs> Grits and gravy. It's like you've got to prepare people for leadership. You know, that's what, what it is. So and I'm not talking about grooming people, I'm talking about maturity. I'm not talking about position, ambitious positions, but in fact it'll be the place where they've got the character, they've got the mindset, they've got the, the thinking, they've got the action, you know, because that all flows out of that to where they know how to deal with things, how to build relationships, how to 
work in the body of Christ, how to bring people to maturity. And Jesus left us with one strategy, one strategy, discipleship. That's it. Right, right. Go into all the world, make disciples. If you're not doing that, and I'm not talking about your program in church for 10 weeks, um, get it, you know. Not even a little track running around the church. No, no, no. This is about impartation of a whole worldview. Right. It's about giving your life so somebody else can live. Exactly. It, that's exactly what it is. So, regardless of how what you 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 know view yourself as at this point in time, your main job, your main responsibility is: Are you developing the elders of tomorrow? That's the question. Yeah. All right. That's it for us today. Thank you for being part of the Friday conversation with Stephen Sean. We love and appreciate you. Hey, listen, just wanted to say thank you every single person for hopping on, watching us. We, we can see, you know, the, the, um, the views and the audience and how many people are watching. We don't know who's watching. Really? Yeah, no, we don't know who's watching. <laughs> uh, the big eye in the sky. No, we, we, we don't know. God, God knows. Um, and, uh, but we, we just want to say whether you are in England, Europe, Africa, America, hey, we just love and appreciate you tremendously. And uh, you are on our hearts. We're praying for you. We appreciate you being part of our conversation. We love to share it with you. And this is just our, our thinking, our, what our, we see, what we've struggled with, what God has revealed to us over the years. We've been doing this for 20 years, um, just talk, trashing things out with each other, talking things through. And that's why Steve and I are very close on the same page with a lot of these things, simply because we've just spoken about it, you know, and not even right. face-to-face. We've been doing this on phone monthly weekly just whenever we feel like and we've been talking things through over the years and now it's like our hearts have grown and we are able to just bring this to you um and we pray that you'll be inspired and begin to um, do what you can where you are today using what god's given you um, to build the body of christ all right until next time this is sean and steve saying thank you god bless and have a great weekend